What is up? Coach Rudder here, and you are listening to the Coach's Corner Podcast. You could be anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that more than you will ever know. This podcast, we talk about things I've seen or talked to people about through my 15 years in the Army and my time as a juvenile corrections officer as well as my time as a football coach in both high school and the semi-pro ranks. One of the things that I'm passionate about is coaching. I've coached Pop Warner, I've coached high school, I've coached semi-pro, and I always feel like the best coaches are people who are good leaders the people who get the guys that are under them to get the best out of themselves. I talked about it in another podcast earlier about good coaches want their players to be able to do things in their absence. That is the best form of teaching. That when I am not here, you are still able to perform the task, be it an application of something on the field or being a leader and doing things when no one is watching. But I get asked all the time, hey coach, how does one become a better leader? How do you become a leader? And people have said he's a natural leader. People say, and I'm not talking about me, I'm in generalities. He's a natural leader. Oh, I like the leadership qualities he has. Being a leader is something that you're born with, the desire to be a leader, but you have to work on it to be a good leader, to be a great leader. Is it not something that one day you shoot a couple baskets and you make a couple three-pointers and now I'm a three-point shooter. I'm a free throw shooter. You're playing football, you throw a couple balls around all of a sudden now you think you're Tom Brady, you think you're Drew Brees, that you're the greatest quarterback ever. You have to work on it. And while there's no real step one to being a good leader, there are a few things that I've thought about over the years and a few things that I've kind of jotted down that we'll talk about. The first is don't be a jerk. You can be a good leader without being a bad lead, without being a bad boss, I should say. Bad bosses are typically people who discount their people. They treat them like they're disposable, like they don't matter. The best thing you do is just be a decent person. Treat your people like people. Respect their opinions. And like we talked about before, about educating yourself to different perspectives, you could try to see what your players, what your coworkers, what your peers' points of view are, their opinions. It'll make you more likely to be approached by them when they know that you're not just that guy that's so set in stone and the line in the sand has no wiggle room when it comes to just things, opinions, points of view. Also, you have to have the commitment to be 
a good leader. I know that sounds kind of odd um, to hear, but it always comes back to working forward to be the best you can be, not resting on who you were in the past. I was very fortunate in my adult football league that I won a championship my, my years uh, in semi-pro. And the first year I won, I beat a really good team. My team beat a really good team. That wasn't the time where we just put our hands up and said, well, we're champions now. No one will ever beat us again. We had to work hard. I had to get the leaders of that team to work hard to not be complacent with winning. I had to get them to not be complacent with being leaders. Like new people came in and they just expected them to follow them because they were leaders and that's not truly how it is. You have to commit to being a decent person. Commit to being open. You have to commit to treating your people like they're better than just a paragraph line number that you can replace if they decide they don't want to be there anymore. While there is some natural level to that, I'll be gone one day and I will be replaced. I understand that. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just treating your people like garbage and just telling them, I don't care if you're here or not. If you don't want to be here, goodbye. I will replace you. I try to treat my guys from the tact of, I want you to be here, but you have to want to be here. You give them the ability to take ownership of their desire to be there, a desire to be a team player and a desire to be a part of the bigger picture. The next thing is be a disruptor. Now, what does that mean? That means you have to be willing. You have to be able to allow your people to think outside of the box. Think about big name people like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, people like that. You have to work to challenge. Once again, going back to talking about educating yourself, reading, gaining a knowledge base, to challenge what you know, to challenge what your people know. It makes them want to be better for themselves. It makes them want to be better for the team. It also makes them, by all of that, to want to be better for you as a leader. I always wanted my leaders to feel like they could count on me and in the moment of crisis that they wouldn't have to worry about the decisions that I made because ultimately I made the right decisions in the heat of battle in the heat of combat in the heat of a football game or a work decision leaders have to envision what tomorrow looks like today people are like what does that even mean You have to be able to look at your people in tomorrow's filter right now. I have to be able to look at my example, my players, and look at them in the filter of the leaders that I want them to be in the future. I've had conversations with 
some of my guys and I have told them, you guys are the future of this program. I expect great things from you, both on and off the field. Those aren't idle words. And I haven't had that with all of my players. There are some guys on the team that are just there to play football. They put their helmet on, they go play, they could care less, they just want to hang out with their friends. But there are some guys on my team that are legit leaders, and they are there for the long haul. They will be who carries that team. On the field, off the field. You have to work with this envisioning with them to project what you want and have them take it, digest and absorb it, and the output is a result of their leadership style and spin on what you want done. You have to be okay with what they do. And if you're not, maybe some fine-tuning. Well, I don't really think that that's what I was looking for. What do you think about, and then you spin what it is, re-explain, have them reimagine what they're talking about. I'm talking about everything from, in football, blitz packaging, uh, route combinations, block schemes. They want to do something different. Explain it to me. And if they explain it to me in a manner that I'm like, I buy into that. Let's run with it. If they don't, hey, let's pump the brakes a sec. That ain't gonna work. And let me explain why. You think you could change that to look like this? And they're like, oh, absolutely. All we have to do is. See, when you start talking and they say, oh, absolutely. All we have to do is the juices are flowing. What they want to have happen and what they want to have moving forward is moving. It's in motion. What you want is projected into them. They're being creative with how that can apply. Then they turn around and outwardly project all of that to the next person. Being a leader. You have to become a storyteller. See, great leaders talk well and communicate. They do this at all levels. They can talk to the lowest person on the team. They can talk to the lowest person in the company. And they can talk to the highest level. Great leaders often use their stories to get their ideas and their point of view across. I like to use weapons like humor, storytelling. Even when I'm upset with my players and I crack a joke, the joke has a point to it. I use that at the high school level when I'm coaching the high school kids. They seem to break down and shut down easier, so I use humor to offset sometimes the message that I'm giving them. You often use engaging and informative stories to try to inspire and communicate, and then you watch how your leadership in their eyes grows. You can see it. Example, I got hired to this high school team that I'm coaching with, and initially, I wasn't introduced as a coach. I wasn't said, hey, this is so-and-so. The kids just stared at me, 
and I would talk and they'd be like, okay. Then I told and had a conversation with the head coach like, hey, this is, I should say the defensive coordinator, this is a problem. I haven't been introduced. The kids look at me with a seven mile stare. They don't trust what I'm saying because I'm a no one to them. The coach said two or three sentences to them. This is Coach Rudder. This is a little bit about Coach Rudder. Immediately after that little bit of story, my ability to lead them grew. My ability to talk with them and show them things automatically took a different level. Now, that didn't mean immediately they're like, oh, well, Coach Rudder's talking. It took time of showing them, telling them stories that had some kind of meaningful point in what we were doing. All of that. Once we started doing that and the story started coming, there was trust being built. And they radiated trust to me. And by me watching what they're doing, I in turn was a mirror and I radiated trust back in their direction. That is the best way you could get someone to do what you want. Would you want to follow someone you don't trust? Would you follow someone in the battle, the proverbial battle that you didn't trust at all? If the answer is no, here's a news flash for you. Your people will not either. The best thing you can do to build trust is to say what you mean and do what you say. It's that simple. Be a man of principle, be a man of integrity or woman of principle or integrity. You got to promote the team aspect. You're only a leader of your team if there is a team. There's no I in team. It's a world famous saying you've heard since you were probably a kid. And you could build that. Your team wins together by building the camaraderie, the trust, the communication, the vision building, all of that. While you're doing that, you can subconsciously leverage everything you want, skill-wise and experiences, from your people. Everyone has something different that they're good at. So you can leverage all of these different skills and area of expertise outward so the people around you on your team can gain those same skills and areas of expertise. You have to be able to enable your people. And what does that mean? I know that working in the juvenile corrections, we always talk about Well, this kid's parents are enablers. We're not talking that kind of enabling. That kind of enabling is terrible. We're talking about the the enabling where you and your team um, will come across resistance. You'll come across adversity as you are trying to get things done. It happens in sports. It happens... In uh, business, it happens in your family dynamic as the team, all of that. As a leader, they know 
they can count on you by identifying and and dismantling any roadblocks that will come up that will hinder your success as a coach, as a mentor, as a team player, and as a leader. If you have a leader that has the ability to help get you through these roadblocks and get you through these adversities, people will run through walls for you. And if they run through walls for you, they trust you. But they only do that because you trust them back. When my daughter was little, people used to talk about massive amounts of discipline and all that stuff. Well, being a leader, you have to continually coach. Being a parent, you have to continually coach. Minor course corrections. So as you're becoming the leader you want to be, your key role is to develop those people who work or play for you. And you have to continually provide minor course corrections for your, your football team, your work team. You can't just be like, oh, we won. We're winning. You have to constantly evolve. You have to constantly help keep them going in the right direction. And it's in your best interest to make sure you do this. Or you might have to start over at square one with some people. Once they have a roadblock that pops up, it might take a while to get them moving in the right direction again. Contrary to popular belief, you need to keep score. It's essential that you recognize results, not effort. If your people see that you fairly disseminate praise and rewards based on the results of favoritism, they'll give you the best that they have. And in the end, your willingness not to play favorites is the part of being an honest and true leader. And I feel like one of the last things is you have to adapt to the outsider's point of view. You're the one as a leader that keeps things fresh, keep things challenging, keep them pushing forward into the future. One way to do this is to always look from the outside in. You have to think of the impression your team, that your business, that your family, that your friends set, leave on the people around you. And if you see them going in the right direction, keep the course corrections coming so that things stay that way. And if they're not, you need to make an overhaul of what is occurring and get those course corrections done to properly motivate your team to move in the right direction. Now, I know that's just a couple things, but listen, I have done that my entire life as a leader. I think that those things have helped me. Am I a perfect leader? No. Will you be a perfect leader? No. Don't get hung up if you make mistakes. Your people are going to make mistakes and how you come back from those mistakes, your people are watching. And if they're watching you and see you correct yourself the appropriate way, when you correct them the appropriate way, they understand and they will do their best for you. If you do these things, you'll become a good leader.
It requires effort and commitment to continually develop your skills and behaviors as a leader. If you do that, the sky is the limit to what people will do, what your teams will do, and what your future leaders you are developing will then turn and pass down to the people they are leading. I tell you, as I have grown older um, and I've seen my players go from young men to the men that they become and now see them coaching and developing their own programs is a sight to behold. People will say, well, you didn't do that. No. Here's the thing. It takes a village. And if I gave any part to help them move forward, then that's the greatest thing ever. And when they turn around and teach the next generation, part of you is being passed forward as well. And that's the greatest feeling ever as a leader. I hope that you have found something today that is beneficial. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with someone through Anchor, through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, and the other places that my podcasts are shared on. Thank you very much, and I'll see you soon.